Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. On this lovely Sunday, resurrection morning of the Lord. Do you know it's... uh, one of the rare occasions that all streams of Christianity, regardless of your denomination, they are celebrating on the same day the resurrection of the Lord. That is Catholics, Orthodox, Protestants, Evangelicals, Pentecostals, you name it. I think the next time we will celebrate together will be in 2029. You know, where I come from, where I was raised in the Greek Orthodox Church, this event is a very, very special event. In fact, much more than Christmas. The Greek Orthodox Church celebrates the Resurrection Sunday with bright ceremonies. And on that morning, we don't say Happy Easter. We greet each other with the words, Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. And then the other person responds, Alithos Anesti Ogirius. That means truly the Lord is risen. It is a far more spiritual greeting than Happy Easter. Amen? Amen? So can you greet each other today with the words, remember, Christos Anesti. Can you say it? Stand up and greet each other, please. Say to each other, Christ is risen. Indeed, He is risen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Christ is risen. He is no longer in the grave. Amen. 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 So uh, I want to welcome all of you on this Resurrection Sunday who have come out of town. You are very welcome to celebrate with us Resurrection Sunday. And this morning, the Lord impressed on my heart to deviate from the series that I was doing, seeing that it's Resurrection Sunday, and ministered to you on the mystery of of the cross, the mystery of the cross. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. The word mystery means any truth that is unknowable except by divine revelation. Remember that. What is a mystery? Any truth that is hidden, except you can only know and understand that truth that is a mystery by divine revelation. So we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained 
before the world for our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Father, we thank you for this morning hour, and we thank you for the mystery of the cross. We thank you that through the cross, you brought life. Through death, you have given us life. And life, not just any kind of life, but the kind of life that you have, the divine life, the resurrection life, the sanctified life. And we bless you, and we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for loving us so much that you did not spare your own Son, your only begotten Son, but delivered him up for us all unto death so that we through his death may have life today and even more abundantly. We bless you and we pray that you would give us eyes to see this wonderful mystery that was hidden in your heart and mind long before the world began, but now revealed to us by the revelation of the Spirit. Amen. So we are gathered here today in the name of the Lord to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. But not only His resurrection, but our resurrection as well from death. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that when Christ was raised, even though we were dead in our trespasses, when Christ was raised, the believer was raised together with Him. Not only we were raised together with Him, but Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are seated now together with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this temporary world, but also in that which is to come. Do you know that that's where you are seated, spiritually speaking? You are seated far above all. Christ has given us such honor, such preeminence over all, seated with Him in the heavenly places. This is a beautiful picture. It is one that can only be received and accepted by faith and not by sight. You may look at your circumstances, you may look at your challenges, you may look at your problems, and, and you say, well, how are you doing today, brother? Well, under the circumstances, I'm surviving. No, you're not under them. You think you are. You may feel you are. But the truth of the matter is, you are far above your circumstances. And when that revelation sinks deep within your heart, you don't just believe it with your mind, but with your heart. You will begin to take authority over your circumstances and steer them through the authority that Christ has given to the believer in the right direction. Amen? So we are not just celebrating His resurrection, but our resurrection. Ephesians 2.5, that's what the truth says. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, 
and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Do you believe that? Well, put a smile on your face. What you're going through is temporary. The Bible says that that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. Spiritual truths cannot be seen with a natural eye, can only be discerned and received by the eye of faith. Amen? See yourself victorious. See yourself an overcomer. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus' death brought us into resurrection life. Now, this, this resurrection life is the kind of life that God has it. The Greek word for that is zoe. Zoe is eternal life. Eternal does not just mean never-ending, but eternal is also quality of life. That's what it means in the Greek. He has given us eternal life, the way, the life that God has. And the price He paid for us to enter into that eternal life is none other than His own death. True life, divine life, eternal life, resurrection life comes out of death. This is a mystery. It's like a paradox, you know. The Bible says that true joy comes out of godly sorrow. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Out of the darkest hour came forth the light, and out of death came forth life. So this life came out of death. Now, the death and humiliation of our Lord Jesus Christ was a great mystery. No one could see through it. The devil and his cohorts rejoiced because they thought, man, we've got him now. Christ is defeated. Our troubles are over. <laughs> Even the disciples lost hope. Even though Christ spoke to them that the time has come for him to die, be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day he would rise again. They couldn't see it. They couldn't understand it. What's he talking about? I mean, isn't he the Messiah? Isn't he supposed to take the throne of Israel and govern us out of bondage? What's he talking about dying? They couldn't see because it was a mystery that was hidden in the mind of God long before the world began. They couldn't understand it. Now we, post the cross, we look back and we understand why Jesus died, but they couldn't understand it before the cross. They couldn't see through it. Their hopes were shattered. Their dreams were shattered. They were disappointed. They walked around for days moping and being sorrowful and thinking that everything now is lost. The Bible says that if the devil knew what he was doing, he would not have done it. Hallelujah. 
if the rulers of this age, the Scripture that we just read, knew what they were doing when they were putting Christ to death, they would not have done it. Why? Because his death dismantled the devil's kingdom and brought his rule to an end. Through death, he conquered the arch weapon of the devil. You know what that weapon is? The fear of death. That is his arch weapon. That's why Scripture says in the book of Romans, Oh, sting, where is your death? Oh, grave, where is your power? No more. It was dismantled. His kingdom came to an end, and his rule abruptly came to a close. Praise God forevermore. Now, I want to talk to you about this divine mystery, the mystery of the cross. This divine mystery, the secret plan of God, was hidden in one of the foundation principles of the kingdom of God. God always works by principles. He is not moved by feelings. He's not moved by emotions, but he's always moved by his word. And this divine mystery was hidden in the principle of the seed. That is one of the foundational principles of the kingdom of God, the principle of the seed. And it's found in John's gospel, chapter 12, and verse 23 and 24. Let's look at that together. The principle of the seed. Let me tell you this. The destination of every seed, regardless of its kind, it's death. I'm going to say that again. The destination of every seed, regardless of what kind of seed, whether it's a life, whether it's an apple seed, whether it's a grain of wheat, its destination, it was destined, and that is the destination of every seed, is death. The purpose of every seed is reproduction. Do you understand what the seed is for? Last week we spoke about the seed, the financial seed. What is the seed for? It's for burial. <laughs> but the purpose of the seed is reproduction and multiplication. And that's what John 12, 23 reveals to us through the mouth of Jesus. Jesus said, most Assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and does what? And dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, that's why single people should not get married unless they're willing to die first. Hello? Marriage is a good place to die because that's where you are trained to give up yourself, your rights, your selfishness, your hardness of heart, your own opinions, your own ideas. You lay them down on the altar of death so that someone else could live through you. Hello? Forget this notion of romantic life ever after that you're going to live in a flowery bed of ease all your life. That thing does not exist. 
It's a myth. It's false expectations. That's why people get divorced. Do you know that the number one cause for divorce is not sex, is not money, is not children? It's disappointment. People enter into marriage expecting this, having this false expectations that marriage is going to be wonderful and we're going to love each other and it's filled with emotion and passion and, well, you're going to wake up many mornings and you're not going to feel like you love your spouse. In fact, you're going to feel like... <clears throat> Someone said, have you ever thought of divorce? He said, no, but I thought of murder many times. <laughs> Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus was the grain of wheat that willingly fell into the ground and died. Willingly, willingly. He said, no one takes my life away from me, from me. I have the right and I have the power to lay it down and the power to pick it up. He willingly became that grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died so that through his death he could bring forth many sons into life. No one can truly bear fruit in the Christian life or reproduce after his own kind unless he or she is willing to go through death because true life comes out of death. And let me give you another reason why, the, the main reason, the only reason that people fail to fulfill the God-given promise the only reason fail to enter into the promised land where they can bear fruit is because they refuse to embrace the cross of Christ and die to self. That's the only reason. So they stay on the other side in the desert because the crossing of Jordan is the dying to self. Hello? Hey. Are you here this morning, church? No seed of any kind can fulfill its purpose without falling into the ground and dying. And the purpose of every life is to reproduce after its kind. That's the purpose of God for you, to reproduce after your own kind, not just in the natural, have children in the natural, but have children in the spirit. Hello? Amen. Now, death is the pathway that is to be walked by every life that is destined to glorify God. Therefore, our view of death needs to change if we are to embrace it rather than run from it. In the early years of our marriage... Man, when we got married, we were completely ignorant of these truths. We knew nothing about marriage. 
As a result of our ignorance, we went through much suffering. Especially the first 18 months of our marriage was like hell on earth. And you know, I had a habit, in the, even after I was born again, born of the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. But every time we crossed swords with my wife, I ran. I wanted to get out of the house. I, want, I, I would go and try pack my suitcase. I'm leaving. I can't take this anymore. You telling me what to do? Me? No, 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 no. This is not going to work. And one day we crossed swords with my wife. It was, it was bad. I was angry. I ran downstairs. I got into a car. It was a beautiful spring sunny day. And I sped away on, 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 on the highway, on the road, on the road to Matari. Where was I going? I don't know. I just wanted to get away. Get away from what? Get away from the cross. Get away from dying to myself, to my opinions, to my stubbornness, to my pride. And as I sped away, I looked up into the sky and I saw a vision. That was the beginning of my own death. That was the time when God began to introduce me to the power of the cross and what it meant. You know the cross, so many wear these beautiful gold crosses around their necks and, and the cross is a horrible instrument. It's an instrument of death. The cross is bloodied. The cross has suffering. The cross has pain. No one dies with a smile on his face. Amen? Amen? And I saw this white cross in the sky, and beneath the cross it said in the Greek, Enduto Nika. In this you will conquer. Well, I calmed down, I came home, I opened my Bible, and on the first page I drew the cross and I drew the words, and I began to meditate. What does this mean? In this you will conquer. That was my introduction to the power of the cross. And that was the day that I began to die slowly so that my marriage could live and survive. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Therefore our view of death and the cross and dying to self needs to change if we are to embrace it rather than run from it. Scripture says in Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, listen to this, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What that tells us is that Jesus looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond his death. He looked beyond the suffering. He looked beyond the pain. And he saw, what did he see? He saw you and me. That's what he saw. He saw the rewards of his suffering. And those rewards 
where lives and souls that would be saved and washed in his blood. And because of that brilliant vision that he had in faith, that he saw, the Bible says he endured the cross, he despised its shame, its humiliation, because of the joy that was set before him. Do you understand that? Why is it that we run away from the cross? Why is it that we run away from dying to ourselves, to our dreams, to our opinions? So many people are afraid. And the reason being is because of fear. Fear of the unknown. Amen? And this fear of dying is rooted in the love of self. Hello? In the love of self. People are selfish today to the extreme. That's why Jesus said, unless you even hate your own self, your own life, you cannot be my disciple. Because when you love someone so much, you, will, you like to cling on it and hold on to it. But Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for me and the gospel, you're going to find it again. Not in the same way you gave it up. Because it is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. And when we understand this mystery of the cross, we will no longer be afraid of yielding our own will, our own opinions, our own dreams, our own desires on the altar of the cross so that Christ could live in us and through us live His life the way He desires to. You and I cannot live the Christian life. It is impossible to live the way Jesus commanded us to live. But He can live His life through you if you embrace the power of the cross of Christ. That is why He said, if anyone would come after me, what is the first thing that Jesus demanded of His followers? Die to self. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That is a prerequisite. Today we promise a whole lot of things to people to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes, your problems will be solved. Yes, He will meet your needs. Yes, you will find joy. Yes, you will find peace. But the first thing that Jesus said, come to me and die. Lose your rights. So many are not willing to give up the rights, the privileges, their opinions, their dreams. So they go around and round and round. Yes, they're Christians. But they are unfruitful. They are unproductive. They never reproduce after their kind. They just go to church. That's not what Jesus meant for us. He meant for us to go through the cross, come out on the other side, and be fully fully reproductive. Amen? Spiritually speaking. Fear of the unknown. Fear of letting go. Fear that is rooted in the love for self. Well, how do we conquer fear? Only one way, through knowledge. 
You conquer fear through knowledge. When you know what awaits you beyond the cross, when you know what awaits you beyond death, you are no longer afraid. Listen to what Isaiah said. When God opened his ears to hear and to understand this divine mystery of the cross. Listen to what Isaiah said. And these are the words that are prophesied in regard to Jesus' crucifixion as well. Isaiah chapter 50, beginning with verse 5. Isaiah says, The Lord God has opened my ear. Our ears need to be open to this truth, to this mystery, to this revelation, because it is the truth that will set you free from yourself, from your fears, from your insecurities, from your jealousies, and everything that the enemy has put on you. The cross will deliver you from all of that. Amen? It is an instrument of deliverance through death. For he that is dead has ceased from sin. Amen? That's why Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live through his life. I don't live. He lives through me. 24-7. The Lord God has opened my ear, listen, and I was not rebellious. When God opens your ear, you no longer run from the cross. You're no longer rebellious. You're no longer prideful. You humble yourself before God, before the mighty hand of God. He says, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, and I gave my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. Isaiah says, I surrendered myself to the instruments of death. Now, this is a work that God does. You cannot kill yourself. It is impossible. But God makes sure that he will put you into tailored situations and he will place around you instruments of death. This could be your wife. This could be your husband. This could be your father-in-law. This could be your pastor. Hello? He will place instruments of death around you and slowly, slowly he will begin your own demise. And it's painful. And it's sorrowful. And it's ouch, ouch. That's why most people run from it. Churches are emptied out. Amen? Don't touch me. Who are you to tell me what to do? I know, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me. He did? Let's see whether he did or not. <laughs> Uh, these are real-life challenges, folks. When God began my own demise, <laughs> he put my father-in-law over me. He was a hard man, but a just man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What I have reaped, I sow. <laughs> One day I said to him, 
I don't want you. We had a fight, major fight. I said, I want your daughter, but I want you. I don't want you. Get out of my life. He was on my case all the time. You know, I groomed a beautiful beard. I don't know if you've seen my wedding photos. Man, I was a handsome guy. <laughs> this, this, this beard that I grew and I trimmed, and I went to the hairdresser every week and he trimmed it. Man, don't touch my beard. Don't touch my hair. And my father-in-law hated beards. And every time he would see me, shave that thing off, only lazy people have beards. <laughs> what is this? And he would be on my case, and I would refuse, and I would rebel until I read the scripture. I gave my back to those who struck me, <laughs> and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. Now, God could not be any more specific. I loved that beard. It was my identity. And one morning I got up and I said, yes, Lord. You opened my ear and I'm not going to be rebellious anymore. I'm going to please my father-in-law, even if it means the death of my beard. <laughs> so I gave it up. And many other things. You know, in my 41 years of walk with the Lord, I died many times in various forms, both in my own personal life as well as in the life of my ministry. Most of you know that my ministry began with the Greek Orthodox people. I went to the bishop, I got his permission, and I started preaching all over Zimbabwe. Every city I would go every weekend, hold crusades as an evangelist and preach the gospel, go into South Africa, and then persecution started. The bishop in Johannesburg called me, and he had a, a panel of Greek priests, all dressed in their robes and in their fancy whatever they wear. And I sat in the middle, and they began to question me. Who gave you the right to preach to the Greek Orthodox? Which seminary did you attend? I said, I didn't. I got saved. The Lord saved my marriage. And he commanded me to go preach and share my testimony. He said, no, we don't accept such things here. You've got to have a theological degree, and you've got to go through this, and you've got to go through this. And, and another thing, you don't preach about the saints, you don't preach about the Virgin Mary. I said, no. I left that place crucified, condemned. They buried me and my ministry to the Greek nation. I went home. I didn't know what else to do. So I went into my prayer closet for days. I would mourn and I would sorrow. And it, for me to preach was my life. Now, they've forbidden me to do so. And after a couple of days, being in sorrowful state, I was experiencing true death. The Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, Son, they have crucified and buried your ministry, but I will raise it up, and I will cause your ministry to touch every corner of the Greek nation worldwide. And in three years, the Lord had just done that. My ministry came out of the grave, and it exploded. But it went through death. Hello? 
it went through death. Don't be afraid of the cross. And there are times in your own life that you would be called upon to die to certain things. And it's going to be painful. And it's going to be sorrowful. But after the morning comes the joy in the morning. Amen? Isaiah said, I no longer rebelled. I gave my back to those who struck me. I gave my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Why? For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. And I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me, who will contend with me. Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? All of a sudden, when God opened his ears, he became bold, he became courageous. He was no longer afraid of yielding himself to the instruments of death because he knew that God was with him, that God will take him through the valley of the shadow of death and he will bring him through to the other side glorified. Amen? When you know this truth, you will surrender your will, your opinions... Some people think they bow to their opinions. Dare you prove them wrong. They will fight you tooth and nail to prove they're right. Hello? When God shows you this revelation, you will no longer consider your own opinions or your own ideas as faultless but you will be willing to surrender your opinions, your will, your ambitions, your desires to the will of another and let them live through your death. I don't have to prove I'm right. Amen. I'd rather save the relationship that prove that I'm right. Amen. As someone said, do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? Hello? I want to be reconciled. You do this willingly in the knowledge that out of your own death will come true life and true joy. Amen. So don't be afraid to yield your life, to yield your dreams, to yield your ambitions to the cross of Christ because in the cross you will experience life after death. When Jesus faced his own death, he said in John 12, 27, Let's read together. Now my soul is troubled. He looked at the cross and he said, my soul is troubled now. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Father, save me from dying. No. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. I was born to die. The destination of every seed is death. The purpose of every seed is reproduction. Are you willing to reproduce life after your kind? Then you must face the cross and die to your will and yourself. Father, glorify your name. You know, when God is glorified the most is when we surrender ourselves and embrace the power of the cross so that He could freely live His life through us. 
That's when he is glorified the most. Not through your own deeds, but through your death, so that his deeds can be manifest in our lives. In fact, Paul said, I die daily. Remember that? Listen to what he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I assure you, he said, by the pride which I have in you in your fellowship and union with Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily. I face death every day and die to self. Why? Because it is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. Do you want to be powerful in the the Lord? You're going to have to become weak in the flesh. For in your weakness, uh, the Lord said to Paul, my strength is made perfect. What did he mean? He meant that in your own death, Paul, when you die to your rights, your privileges, your comfort, and your opinions, I live strong in you. Sure, we will experience a sense of loss. Sure, we'll even experience pain when we go through the valley of death, when we let go of something that is dear and precious. But we do so with a sense of inward peace, knowing that something far better awaits us on the other side. In 1987, God dropped the seed in my spirit that the time would come soon that my wife and I, with our children, we would leave Zimbabwe. When the Lord gave me this revelation, I cried. I didn't want to leave Zimbabwe. We've experienced 16 years of joy and growth and blessing, spiritually, financially, family-wise. You know, it is easy to let go of something that you had pain from. It is easy to run from something, to yield something to the cross when that something brought you great pain, amen, and great sorrow. But it is very difficult to let go of something that brought you much joy, much pleasure, much blessing, much fruitfulness. I loved Zimbabwe. I grew up there spiritually. I loved the house we lived in was a beautiful home. I could walk into any room and I could point in every room where I prayed that the Lord gave me a specific revelation. I looked at our friends, the people that we grew close to. I loved those people, the people we ministered to. My ministry was birthed in Zimbabwe and here we were called to die to that land, die to those relationships, die to our business that was very, very fruitful, very blessed, let go of all that and walk into the unknown south, not knowing what awaited us. It was a painful time, it was a sorrowful time, and many times it was anxious times. But I already knew the principle of the seed and I knew the principle of dying. Did I know that the city of Cape Town when I first heard the call was waiting for us? No. But glory be to God. 
we gave all that up, walked out of our business, walked out of these relationships that we had for many years, came south, and we came to a far better place than we had ever known. In fact, the Lord encouraging me to go through this process, he said, son, if you give up this business for me and the gospel, let it die, I will raise up 100 businesses and they will take care of you and your family. And he's busy doing that. It pays to obey God. It doesn't cost in the long run, it pays. Yes, we've experienced death, as I said, in many forms. I could, stay, I could stand here and share testimony after testimony, but every time we came out of death, we came out far stronger. When I died as an evangelist, God raised me into the ministry of the apostle. Friends, today I look around me here and abroad. God has given me many sons and daughters. But you know, they were birthed out of my own death. They were birthed out of my own sorrow and my own tears and my own trials as I followed the Lord from one season to the next, from one stage to the next. Unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. As I invite you to the table of the Lord this morning, I want you to contemplate on what you've heard. I want to invite you today to open up your life to the power of the cross and ask the Lord to release this power of his death to do a complete work in you, in your relationships, in your ministry, in your work. Ask the Holy Spirit as you come willingly and with an open heart and say, Lord, let the power of the death of Christ do its full and complete work in me. I want you to say to the Lord, in exchange of your life, I give up my own life. I lay it willingly on the altar of the cross. I want to say with Paul, Lord, I am crucified with Christ. And those of you who desire to do that, I want to invite you now, as we pass the emblems, the wine and the bread, think upon this truth. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you will end up losing it. But if you give up your life for me and the gospel, you will find it again. And you won't find it the same way you gave it up because it is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. Amen? Jesus said to the two who walked on the road to Emmaus, He said, Are you so foolish and slow of heart to believe? Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? Every person who enters into a state of glorifying God must go through his own path of suffering and death. 
Are you willing? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, then this is what he needs to do. Most, if not all, the problems we have in our lives and in the church are with us when we are unwilling to die to self. Let's stand, please. Those of you who want to make this commitment today, those of you who want to hear and obey the Spirit of God who has ministered to us on the mystery of the cross, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to repeat these words out loud after me. Are you ready? Only those who are willing... Only those who are willing to go through the process that we've just talked about and know what you're doing. Jesus said, count the cost before you start building. And I say this, no person, no ministry can enjoy longevity, embrace succession or bear fruit without going through the process of death. Say to the Lord with me, I desire to know you, Lord Jesus. I desire to know the power of your resurrection. And I desire to know the fellowship of your sufferings. Being made conformed to your death. In exchange of your life, I give up my own. Say it like you mean it. In exchange of your life, dear Lord, I give up my own. I lay it willingly on the altar of your cross. I want to say with Christ, I have been crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. So, Father, as I embrace and as I come to your table today, I give you thanks for the death of Christ. I give you thanks for the broken body. I give you thanks for the shedding of his blood. For through his broken body and through the shedding of his blood, I have received redemption, spirit, soul, and body. And I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.